Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. A good friend of mine came in town uh, yesterday, and and we were sitting down around our fireplace and 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 just talking. And he made a few comments about how much he enjoys the new. Um, Parenting Teens newsletter that we send out. He says there's so much information that I am I'm ending up going to it to find out um, all the different things that you offer. And he goes, I I especially love listening to these podcasts. And and there's times that I go and listen to a broadcast, and there's times I just want to listen to kids being interviewed. And then there's other videos there. I mean, it, it's amazing to me how this thing is caught on like wildfire. And what I loved about it more than anything else is that he said, you know, I get to send this out to my friends. So I am forwarding it on a number of times uh, throughout the day to various people that come to mind that may be dealing with some of the issues. And um, and he goes, I love the idea that you're answering questions. And I said, yeah, but th- what's happening is people are asking questions I'm not so sure I ought to be talking about uh, in a podcast. But we got some interesting questions that came in this time. And, and uh, as a result of it, I've also... Um, I've just done a lot of reading this past week uh, you know, about the internet and social comparison and social media, and, and so I'm going to give you uh, a uh, uh, kind of a, uh, a synopsis of what I've learned this week in the devotional time on the podcast this week, but I want to answer these questions. And the first question is this, is when or what is the best age to tell children about how they were conceived by in vitro? <laughs> I've never been asked that question, and I'll have the opportunity to answer that today. Uh, Somebody else said, do you know of other facilities similar to Heartlight? Heartlight is the residential counseling center that my wife and I started 30-plus years ago, and we've had 3,000 kids live with us and currently have 60 kids that are with us here. But we only take kids ages really 13 through 17 and if you turn 18 while you're with us, then then you can finish out your time here. But basically, we take them only in a four or five year period of time. And you've heard me say this a number of times that, that you know, just the maturity level has been delayed with kids. And, and I, I think that happens because of the lack of relationships and the lack of relationships are happening because kids don't communicate like they used to even 10 years ago. And so as a result of the lack of deeper relationships, what's happening is kids aren't maturing quite as fast. And you've heard me say this a number of times, that the American Medical Association has increased the age of adolescence to age 27, and the American Journal of Adolescent Psychiatry has increased it to age um, 26. And, and, and as a result of that, what's happening is we're having kids that are postponing the resolution of their difficulties and hardships, and they're, they're going through these difficult times when they're 19 and 20. And so now, now kids in their you know, early 20s are needing help that they would have normally had gotten at Heartlight a long time before. And so, so this family is asking, I have a grandson that's 19 and he suffers from depression and ADHD, and he's been assessed and currently receiving treatment for self-harm and of thoughts and actions. 
you know, isn't it amazing that that when you get into relationships, it brings out things in your life? I mean, it, it's like you turn, you're 13 years old, and if you don't have any relationships, then you continue on with your childish behavior. And um, and I think what happens is it postpones the inevitable. And the ev- inevitable is you have to work through a number of things, and and then you kind of age out of the opportunity to be at a place like Heartlight. Uh, but there's got to be some other options. So I'll, I'll give you some answers on that. Somebody else asked this question. We discovered that our 16-year-old daughter was secretly messaging and Skyping a suicidal boy that she met online. And so uh, it's a great question, but there's a little kicker in this in this story as well that I want to share with you and give some direction and, and uh, guidance on. And then, of course, somebody, uh, like everybody, every week always says, you know, there's rules in our home regarding... Uh, social media, and our kids aren't following that. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. And I have, uh, I've really, it's kind of motivated me to do a little bit more reading this week to put together the devotion that we'll share on one of these other days for you that really, where I'm going to give you nine different things that I would encourage you to do with social media and your kids. It's a result of some reading that I've done, and I know that I've led many of many of you to believe that I don't read that much, but I really read a lot more than you think. I just do it in a quicker fashion. So anyway, let me let me answer some of these questions for you, and I think I think this can help uh, those that have submitted them to us. And and uh, what is the best age to tell your children about how they were conceived by in vitro donor eggs? And, and okay, let me and let me tell you that. I think it's Italian that in vitro means glass. And um, and so what that means is these are test tube babies where, where conception happens in a test tube, and then that fertilized embryo is placed in a woman, and um, she carries that to term and then has a baby. And, and uh, you know, it, it, there's an article that came up in USA Today this past week and was in the Wall Street Journal, and... And it talks about how a uh, a mother gave birth to uh, this was a 24 year old mother that gave birth uh, to a, an embryo that was fertilized and placed in her, but that embryo had been frozen for 27 years, so the embryo was older than her, and uh, and it's been frozen for 27 years. And so it's just interesting. Uh, it's the marvels of science and, and absolutely amazing. And so this, this young lady and her husband who could not conceive were able to um, have this in vitro done where the joining of the egg and the sperm are put together. It's placed in her. She has a baby and the baby's doing well. So the question is, when do you tell your child that that's how they were conceived? And, and I, I guess I would ask, does it really matter? Um, even if it's not um, your egg, your sperm, does it matter to a child as much as it matters to us? And and you're just going to have to play it by ear. I know kids that have been adopted that um, have a really tough time with it. And I know other kids that have been adopted that it doesn't even cross their mind, and it's not that big of a deal. And so the question would be, when do you tell them? And you know when that is? It's when they ask, because I don't know whether they might understand it until they start asking questions about it. And then you have to have that genuine and authentic and truthful conversation where you are sharing with them, this is what we did. And you tell them what you know about 
where the egg came from, where the sperm came from, you know, all of that. And it may cre- may create a sense of wonder in them as to, well, who is, wh- who's, who's the mother of that egg? Who is the father of that? You know, and, and, it, and it may be that, that they just want to go down that path and ask more questions and be very honest, share with them what you know. You know, it's, and I don't know whether, I don't know whether there's access to these um, donors or not. Um, I imagine like adoption, some are open and some are closed, and I think some of the donation might be exactly the same thing. But if there is confusion, um, if there is confusion, then, then just make sure that you're assuring them of your presence with them, that, hey, we'll get through this and we'll walk through it. And I mean, they may have different color hair than you and look different and everything else, and they're asking those questions, and the only way to come back and answer them is in a very truthful way. Um, kids need to know that. They have a right to know that. Okay, here's another question that that I, I mentioned earlier about the maturity of kids, and here's a 19-year-old grandparent that's asking about a 19—I'm sorry, it's a 19-year-old grandson that a grandmother is asking about. It's not a 19-year-old grandmother. Um and and anyway, do you have any ideas? And and here's the uh, here's my, my ideas. Uh, of course, I'm going to be telling people that you've got to take care of some of these issues during the adolescent years because people think, well, we'll just we'll just wait. They'll grow out of it. They'll do okay. That the risks are way too high. And what happens when you postpone the resolution of issues in a teen's life to a later point in life where they're no longer under under your roof and they're no longer with you? then it pushes them to a time that you're not around to speak truth into the life or give them the guidance and direction that they so desperately need. So they may be off at college. They may be in the military. They may be working a job somewhere. They may be living in your home, but now you have a child that needs some help and you cannot force them to go because they're of age. And and I think that's the issue. You've got to get a child understanding um, that there's some issues, and if you don't resolve them, there's going to be trouble. They have got to agree with you on this. And the resolution of all these things has got to be their choice. Now, a lot of these kids, I would tell you, that drop out of school, they shame themselves. They don't feel like they can make it in the world. They feel like something's wrong with them. And so they kind of remove themselves from the normalcy of, of the current of society. And, and what happens is they can get consumed to themselves. The depression continues to build. Anxiety continues to be fueled right and left. And they, you know, this is where you end up with a 25-year-old clown on your couch playing video games. You've got to resolve the issues. You know, and, and you get the idea, well, he'll grow out of it. Let me, let me encourage you in this, mom and dad. Provision quickly moves to enabling. And there's another proverb that says, you know, discipline your son while there's yet hope and don't participate in his death. And discipline is not this sense of punishment that you're beating him out the door or, you know, any of that. But discipline is helping the child get to where they want to go and keeping them from where they don't want to end up. And so what that may look like is that you're spending time trying to figure out, okay, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? So let's make that happen. And now you become an ally rather than an enemy. And you do it for them, not for you. 
And so, uh, you know, somebody would say, well, how do I find a place if we need this immediate help? Okay, you can do this. You can go to our website, heartlightministries.org. That just go look up Heartlight, just heartlightministries.org. Fill out that application, talk about it, and we have a referral service that what, what we do, it doesn't cost you anything, but it's a referral service. It's a number of people that take older kids that we know, and you can, uh, we'll have them give you a call if they have any openings. And it's just people that, that we know of in some way. So fill out the application at Heartlight, and we'll pass it on. We'll pass all that information on, and there'll be a number of programs that can get a hold of you and kind of tell you what they have to offer. Here's another question. Somebody says, you know, we discovered that our 16-year-old daughter was secretly messaging and Skyping a suicidal boy. She's a sweet gal. She's a loving girl. She's never given us problems. She's been a responsible homeschooler that strives to do well in everything. And as a consequence of her line, we took away our electronics. And one month later, she borrowed a phone and secretly called this kid that we're trying to keep her away from. So after the accident, we kind of dove into it and we found out some other things. Let Let me tell you part of the answer here. Your child has a great sense of compassion. And that is wonderful that she wants to help somebody that she met online. It's neat that, I mean, we want that. We want a sense of compassion. We want that that passion, that empathy for somebody else, to care for somebody other than themselves, which is wonderful. And mom and dad, you've created this. Now, here's the other part of it is that she is getting significance in helping somebody else. There is something about security that you provide, but significant in, in society that, you, that a child feels needed, that somebody wants me. And so that's what's appealing to your child. Why she's violating the things that you've set up is because she's driven for that. You've created that in her. Now, here's the other thing. I, you know, the, the parents ended up finding it out, and they explained it in, in the question to me. They found out that this really isn't a boy. It is really a girl posing as a boy. And while we've shared with our daughter the dangers that are online, uh, the question is, should we tell her after we found out uh, whether this this boy that she's been talking to, uh, whether whether we tell her that it's really a girl. And so they're scared to death. Mom and Dad, let me tell you something. I tell your daughter. And the reason I say it is this, is that, you know, when you get into sticky situations, go ahead and do what's right and believe that God is going to rescue you from anything that might happen. Take a chance. You know, it, I, I think there's something about telling the truth and getting the truth out on the table that is far better than hiding that and having your daughter live with a sense of fantasy of something that doesn't exist. Now, what's happening is this, this person she's talking to is creating a world of relationship that your daughter has been uh, kind of conditioned for and made for. She's been made for a relationship. And so what happens is, so she's found it. She's also been searching for significance. 
you know, and that's the involvement or a feeling of worth in somebody else's life. I'm sure that you've given her that great sense of security, but that significance becomes key. Now it's time to walk her through this and say, okay, here's the dangers. This is what's happened. You've been duped, sweetheart. Somebody's taken advantage of you. They're, you know, and if she says, well, but she, she cares for me and she says, I know, but she's been lying to you. And we will not allow anybody to lie to you for you to carry on a relationship with somebody that is lying to you. And I think that becomes the issue more so than the violation of everything else. It's just that we're here to protect you from being lied to. That's not fair to you. That's, that is not an indicator of a deep relationship. Matter of fact, deception destroys, and it will ruin relationships. And so I, my encouragement is, 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 that, is that while she may be depressed and, and isolated because of COVID and, and, and the absence of relationships, you know, and she's lost friends and all that, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, have lost all that. That's, that's kind of the challenge that all of our kids are going through. But you've got to be very careful when you're, when you're engaged with them here because you're dealing with a lot of deception that's going on. And so your daughter's feeding into the deception a little bit. Sit down, tell her the truth, have those discussions, and really believe that doing what's right, God might just bail you out of this situation. Hey, here's another question. Somebody said there's one rule in our home about a 15-year-old daughter that refuses to obey um, regarding social media, and she sneaks around. What do we do? What do we do? Okay, here's this kind of goes with the other question that that we answered, but but you've got to confront her on it. But but you have to know this that be that that, that she was created for relationships, and and she will. Um, continued to pursue relationships uh, and violate the very things that you've taught her because the the need or the way she's been created is so strong. Now, that's the motivation behind it. It doesn't mean that it's right. It just means that you can understand in the absence of relationships, people will do anything for them. They want to be able to engage with somebody else. You know, it's you know, I imagine that your daughter is somewhat miserable because she doesn't have the genuine relationships that she was created for. And so in her misery, she says, you know, I've got to have that need filled. And so that's why they sneak around. And so it's asking the question, can you do something different to change her ability for relationships? Still have consequences for deceitfulness and disobedience and dishonesty and disrespect. Still do that. But don't miss the opportunity that you have to create a world of relationships, an atmosphere of relationship within your home so she has that relationship need met. And and while you've instilled a sense of value, and Dad, you've validated that, the significance of her life is going to be determined by peers, and she needs that validation from other people that she's okay and she's good, and that what Mom and Dad have taught me stands, and it stands well. And so there is a need for these other relationships. And so it may be kind of moving out away and saying, how can you help make relationships happen in the life of your daughter a little bit better? Well, good questions, great questions, and you guys do a wonderful job of, of asking them, and, and my encouragement is to continue to ask them. Don't hesitate to get a hold of us. Um, you know, it's always these little questions that keep people from, uh, 
from being able to move ahead. And so uh, thank you for answering those. You know, I mean, for asking those. And, and the next thing I would tell you is take advantage of the Parenting Today's Teens newsletter. That is something that I would recommend to everybody because it has uh, so much information and wisdom and, and it's chock full of, I mean, it's podcasts, broadcasts, videos, resources, events, um, articles that address all of these things that we talk about, and we are constantly adding more and more on a weekly basis. So take advantage of it. You can sign up for it at parentingtodaysteens.org. Hey, you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.